Welcome to the Own Your Choices, Own Your Life podcast. I am your host, Marsha Van Weinsberg. I'm a business coach, speaker, and author of the best-selling book, When She Stopped Asking Why. On this podcast, we will use the tips, tools, and strategies used by myself and our speakers to break through and overcome the challenges in our lives. When we take radical responsibility of our choices, create boundaries, grow our courage and practice self-care and letting go of what isn't ours to control, we can completely change our stories. When we take full ownership of our stories, we take back our personal power and this allows us to impact, serve and support others by showing them that they are not alone and helping them find freedom from their stories. When you own your choices, you truly own your life. Let's dive in. Welcome to another episode of Own Your Choices, Own Your Life. And today we are speaking with my dear friend, Angela Pereira. Angela is a registered kinesiologist, holistic nutritionist, and a yoga teacher out of Toronto, Ontario, Canada. She is the founder of First Line Education, Inc., a continuing education provider for new and experienced movement therapists who want to work with their clients online. I have watched what she has been building and really this is not an overnight thing. I've watched how much work and time has gone into building her business. This is a really, really powerful episode because Angela shares some very personal parts of her life and what she has learned as far as the role of vulnerability and how asking for help is the best way to go and not trying to do it all by yourself and how to avoid burnout. And because she is a holistic nutritionist, she really dives in and explains, really, we talk about sleep, the power of sleep and cortisol levels and what our sympathetic and our parasympathetic systems are responsible for and how restorative work is actually the most important work that we can do, especially as we are building a business and working towards our goals. We talk all things boundaries, values, how to put these things into practice into your life. And this is an incredibly powerful episode, and I cannot wait for you to listen, tune in, and hear your takeaways. Enjoy. Welcome to the show today, Angela. Thanks very much, Marsha. I'm really excited to be here with you today. Oh, what most people don't know is Angela is probably one of my longest friends that, I mean, we're right back to university days together. So I'm thrilled to have you on the show today. (laughs) Thank you. Yes, we have lots of stories, don't we? Yeah, we have lots of stories that will not come onto this podcast. (laughs) Anybody is wondering, they won't make it onto here. They won't make it anywhere online. No, no. We have some filtering, please. (laughs) Okay. So I know you're a reader. Uh, Well, first off, tell me where you're from. (laughs) I'm from Toronto. (laughs) from Toronto. And I know you're a reader because I see you read into the hours of the night. What is one of the most impactful books you have read? Oh, I would say Full uh, Catastrophe Living by Jon Kabat-Zinn. I remember you mentioning that book. What was it about the book that you that hit home for you? Because it's a big book, right? It's a it, it's a big book. It's a big book. I I have to say I've read it quite some time ago. Yeah. Um, but it's it's a, just about getting everything out there and thinking about your life very very differently and just living into the mess of your life and how to think about framing everything that happens to you 
in a way that you are trying to make the best of instead of why is this happening to me? It's what is this trying to show me? How can I live by the examples that are coming each day uh, toward me? Okay, definitely it's going on my list because that sounds really good. (laughs) (laughs) Do you have a favorite quote or a mantra or something that you live by? I think it's probably not something that is is particularly formal, like a quote, because so many of them hit me from time to time, depending upon where I am in my life. Mm-hmm. I think one of the things I think about is just to become as aware as I can every moment of the day so that I'm appreciating every moment and I'm also aware of every moment. And so trying to return back to my my body, stay in my body um, so that I'm thinking about how I'm feeling and how my body is um, processing emotion Mm -hmm. and that I actually remember to breathe because I'm a breath holder. (laughs) Oh, you're a breath holder. And I, I love what you're saying here about awareness. And I definitely want to come back to that. But as you, as you become so aware of everything that is happening around you, you're keeping yourself in the present moment. And I think mm-hmm. that's a, that's where a lot of us lose it is that we, we think too far ahead and then the anxiety comes in and the stress comes in. And it's like, I can't even control that because I can't, I have to stay here, but staying here is not easy, right. right? It's, it's not easy. It's a learned skill because your brain starts to race and run in all kinds of different directions. <laughs> Wait, just you just described my whole morning. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, so I will stop and breathe. <laughs> That's right. That's right. <laughs> oh my gosh. Okay, this is going to be funny. All right. So, favorite mentor? Do you have a mentor or somebody who has impacted your life? Again, there's many, just depending upon where I am in my life. Uh, one of the biggest mentors that I've had was um, a client of um, a previous partner of mine. Mm -hmm. And she was someone who worked very high up in corporate business in a company that was destroyed by what its um, C-suite was doing. So she was kind of, she was uh, someone who, who lost her job, who lost a big part of her identity by something that was not under her control. And she was someone that I escaped to. She's an American and I would escape down to the States to just be with her. Mm -hmm. And I think being around her and having her perspective on my business and my life and my direction, she's someone who really saw me very, very quickly. And it was so interesting to me that someone could get you and you're like, but you don't know my life story. She's like, I don't have to. I see where you're struggling. I see what makes you happy. Mm-hmm. And I just know you. And so she was one of the people that I can still talk to to this day. And she says, when are you coming back down to see me? And I have to say, well, not now. <laughs> <laughs> nobody's crossing anything no, right now. No, <laughs> that's right. Aww. So she is definitely, definitely one of the people. And then other people um, have been my clients from time to time. Um, uh, when I was working with clients a lot, I, I would spread my clients across the days differently, depending upon the energy I needed to bring. Mm-hmm. And one of my clients 
was very, very wise. She was in her early 90s. I tend to gravitate toward older clients. I love their stories and, yeah. and I love the calming influence that they have on my life. And so she was someone that I saw twice a week and she just had such a lovely perspective, a big, full, rich family life. And she was always in the midst of preparing dinner when I got there at 9.30 in the morning. Oh. So I'd get there, I'd roll in at 9.30 in the morning and she'd, be, she'd, she'd show me what's going on. Okay, I've got the salad ready and I'm just warming up some chicken soup here and then this is going. And so we'd chat through what dinner was going to be. We, I would see her on a Friday morning, so she would be preparing Shabbat dinner for her family Friday night. And it was lovely to see all the cookbooks spread out and the television on. And she was just in her happy place. She probably was cooking for about two hours before I got there in the morning. Oh, my goodness. Oh, my mm-hmm. goodness. So you just, I think you probably got to see somebody in a very calming state, somebody who yes. is, right? They're just very present and doing something they love doing. That's yeah. a great, that's a great mentor inspiration, like just to be able to see that and to be yeah. in that state. Exactly. Can you imagine regulating your own nervous system by spending time? Well, that's what we do, right? We spend time with other people in order to regulate our own nervous systems. And that's what she did for me. I was like, okay, awesome. I'm going to go and see her now. So, you know, I've got an hour where I can breathe and then, and then I'm on to the next person, you know? <laughs> oh, it's amazing how some people bring that out in you and they just, mm-hmm. they do exude that energy. They do. I, I actually can think of a number of friends in my life who exude that they're just that oh (laughs) she can't see you can't see her pointing at me in the screen (laughs) you are one of those people for me you're always one of those people and and know that calling you and talking with you is just like being able to breathe and there's you know very very few people in my life that I can turn to Mm -hmm. that I can just talk to and say you know blah this is how it is and this is what calms me down and sort of brings me back to that state of it's going to be fine. You'll figure it out. It's going to be fine. Which is so funny because I can, I can live in that state so well mm-hmm. for other people. Yes, and sometimes can. I, being completely truthful, I will struggle with being in that state. Sure. And I think, okay, what would I tell a friend? What would I tell a client? And then it can just eventually slow it down, slow it down. I find this year, especially there's just been, I mean, we really, I, I, I said it back in March that this is the year that we are coming face to face with the fact that we have no control and we, yeah. we didn't have it. We didn't lose it. People think that we lost it. We didn't lose never it. We it. never had it. Mm-hmm. And it's just in our face how much we don't have it. Exactly. I think going with the flow for people like us is us. very, very difficult, right? It's you're pushing back and pushing back instead of saying, look, just breathe and just look at what is and just jump into the stream, just jump into that flow and truthfully make the best of it and don't make the best of it as, you know, begrudgingly, oh, well, but say, this is the situation. How am I going to keep myself um, as, as well as possible knowing what I know and, and also knowing what I don't know and, and being able to accept that, um, we don't know what September is going to look like. We don't know um, when we're going to be returning to work. We don't know that what work's going to be looking like. And and maybe we we step out of the way a little bit, mm-hmm. step into the flow, step out of the you know step out of the way of of what was and and what we think should be, mm-hmm. and then step into the flow, saying, well, this is how it is now, and for this foreseeable future, mm-hmm. how can I make the best of 
keeping myself healthy and happy and just doing as much as I can. And it's, it's a, it's a real challenge because it's such a mind shift for us. And then it's such a mind shift for the people that we come into contact every day, whether it's clients, whether it's family. See, this is such a great, you said what you said is so good because we can work. And then this message is for anybody who's listening. We can work really hard at, you know, getting our energy in check and really calming ourselves down and breathing and staying present and not freaking out and all of those things. And then what do we do when we come in contact with people who don't? And we actually just talking about this before we started recording, no names dropped, obviously, but we, um, what happens when you come in contact with those people, right? This is where I think boundaries come into play Yeah, and knowing how to, how to protect our energy because our energy, I mean, Angela and I are both entrepreneurs and Angela has been building a business for a long time. I've watched her. She has worked through so <laughs> many struggles and challenges. So <laughs> proud of you for it, seriously. But we're both entrepreneurs at heart, mm-hmm. which means we juggle a lot of balls. We juggle a lot of energy. We juggle a lot of other people's energy. Yes. And sometimes that gets really hard to stay present with ourselves when we have all of those things happening. So mm-hmm. I would love to dive into, let's just start with this. What does boundaries mean to you? Mm. Boundaries mean to me what you taught me they mean to me. You were the very first person that talked to me about boundaries. Mm -hmm. When I came to you and said, I don't know what direction my life is heading in. I need to make some very difficult decisions. And Marcia said, well, what are your values? And your values determine your boundaries. And I said, what, what? (laughs) (laughs) Say what? (laughs) Exactly, exactly. I think I remember sitting on the side of the bed going, what? What's that? <laughs> exactly. <laughs> so we met a couple of times. We met in a coffee shop in in um, Kitchener. Mm-hmm. We then met at my place in Toronto. Yeah. And we kept coming back to, well, we have to start with a particular lens. We have to start with a particular framework. And that framework is how we run our lives. And so it's it comes down to values. What is inherently important for you? to be able to feel in the flow, to have lightness, to have this feeling of um, contentment and very, very deep contentment with yourself and your place in the world. And so when you identify values, and there's a huge, huge list of values, which you can easily go through and say, that one resonates with me, that one resonates with me, no, that's not so important to me. And you choose those, you know, usually top three, maybe five, uh, maybe seven values and you realize that, for instance, those top three are the filter by which you live your life every day. And then your boundaries come from those top few values to say, if behaviors, if people, if situations can't be run through that filter of values, then I have boundaries around my interactions, my time, and my, my contact with people that don't allow those values to shine. Mm-hmm. So that's what boundaries mean to me. It's a way of preserving your own personal power, your personal energy, and then also making sure that you have these, I've heard them described as rails or boxes um, where you define your own life rules. And these are your personal rules by which you live your life. Mm-hmm. And it's these personal rules 
that that guide every action and just really simplify how you conduct yourself in your relationships with your family, with your friends, with your business relationships. And also it helps to determine the direction of your business. You may come up with huge ideas, but if they don't jive with those values, you just bless them and let them go and say, it's not your time. It's those are things I'm going to just take a pass on for now and maybe suggest them to others Mm -hmm. where I think it could be interesting or no, just let them go and watch for the next thing. You said so many things there. I feel like I could just stop right now because there's so (laughs) many things that you just said that I was like, wow, that is so good. And just really get actionable steps. I love, I think what's really important. There's one key word that I think is really, really important you're talking about values, you're talking about boundaries. And then you said how much it simplifies your life. Very much. Most people would not agree because mm-hmm. they probably don't live by the values or have boundaries in their life. They think that looks, well, that's nice for you. Or I'm not strong enough to do that. I've had people say all kinds of things. How do you, how did you get to the process where it actually did simplify your life? Like I'm, we all know that that's for all of us. It wasn't like, oh, I just figured out my values and now it's going to work mm-hmm. because it takes work in order to get to that space, but it mm-hmm. does simplify your life. I 100% agree. How do you get to there if you're a person who's never, didn't know what values were or have boundaries to get to a space where it simplifies you, your life? That's a, that's a great question. And I'm thinking that could go in all kinds of directions mm-hmm. and to all kinds of depths. So thank you for that. <laughs> You're welcome. <laughs> I, just, I heard the word a couple of times you said it and I was like, Oh, I like that because I don't mm-hmm. think people see it as simple. It is simple. It is simple. What is it? What's that quote is it's, it's, it's simple, but not, but not easy. That's right. That's mm-hmm. right. And so to simplify means that you're starting to decide on what matters the most. And I think that when you have these life rules, these rules for how you're going to conduct yourself. So you might say, I'm going to be active every day. I'm going to nourish myself in a healthy way every day. I'm going to have as many positive interactions with people as I can today you start saying, well, these are the things that start to matter to me then. I want to be active. I like to shift my energy regularly. I don't need to compete in a triathlon or a CrossFit competition. I just need to move, make sure I move and change that energy, help that flow state to happen both mentally and physically. And then I'm going to nourish myself so I can really be present for the people and for the work that I want to do every day. And then I want to look at how those two things affect the different people that I interact with every day. And if I don't feel like my energy is in a good place, if I start to feel like my energy is depleted and I can't rebuild those things through sleep, through movement, through nourishment, then I need to look at who are the people I'm interacting with every day and are they affecting those simple rules, guidelines, boundaries I put into place for myself. And if so, I need to make that shift. Mm-hmm. And then for my work life, it's the same thing as if these choices aren't resonating with me and there's friction there, I really need to take a right turn. And as you and I know, those decisions are never, never, never easy. No, and they not at all. take a long time to make. And they can take 
they can take years to make. Oh, I, you, okay. you, again, you can't see the look that she's giving me because that comment was meant for me. That's 100% meant for me. It does, <laughs> right? We, we, there's, we all know we have situations in our life where we actually know the answer. We've known the answer for years. Oh, sure. Years. And that, yep. yet it takes some kind of catalyst for change to happen, right? And not always a good catalyst. Like sometimes mm-hmm. it's it's a very stressful situation or stressful, stressful circumstance that we are in and mm-hmm. that becomes the catalyst. And it's almost like, okay, now I've been pushed forward. I can't go back now. I really can only go like forward, left or right. Mm-hmm. There's just, yeah, I have to make a choice. Yeah. And I know you can relate to that. And that has been Very something much. that you have gone through personally and professionally. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I've gone through, I've gone through some really nasty um, business and, and personal relationship shifts where I've known I've had to make a choice very, very early. Mm-hmm. And I've felt pressure through a business partnership, through um, a marriage, through a longstanding partnership, not to make the shift because, well, what is this telling the outside world? Mm-hmm. Well, it tells them I've made a mistake. And then you meet someone like Marsha who says, uh, no, it tells them that you are choosing yourself. Yeah. Right. And yes. you're making a very, very big decision in the right direction. I love that you said that. And I think that that's really important. And I want that to land for everybody is, is that it's, it's okay to choose yourself. Like it's okay. Actually, it's the best thing you can do, the best choice you can make. And I know that's really scary sometimes. Like I know it's really scary. I've been in many situations where it's like, oh, I just want this to be easy, but it's not meant to be easy. It's not. It's just not meant to be easy. I know um, I know you've embraced, I've watched you firsthand embrace all of these lessons and put them into practice in your life. Mm-hmm. And I love, I want to ask you what role has vulnerability played for somebody like you who is, who works her butt off, works her butt off, um, but doesn't always want to show that vulnerable side. Cause it's hard. It's mm-hmm. hard to show that. What yeah. role has vulnerability played for you in your life or business? Well, I've learned to be vulnerable and it's people like you, Marsha, that have really helped me become vulnerable. I think that coming to people with a big problem. So I was in a relationship which was very emotionally and verbally abusive and really toxic. And because no one could see it, and this happened time and time and time again, the universe is saying, you'll get it eventually. I'll just keep sending people your way until you really understand values boundaries, vulnerability. Yes. (laughs) And being able to reach out to others to say, they're your friends. They truly have your back. Mm -hmm. Share. And just sometimes, well, not sometimes, uh, for for many, many years, I'd come to people saying, can you help me? And they're saying, how long have you been dealing with this for? And why are you still in this situation? And can't you see? And it's taken me a long time to now realize the sooner I can come to people saying, this isn't hitting me well, right? I know. (laughs) That's a good message right there that you just said, like the sooner. So instead of overthinking like, oh my gosh, I'm strong enough. I should figure this out myself. When you hit that crossroad, it's like, oh, now I have to go to somebody. Calling a friend. Yeah. 
right? I, and I call it a lifeline. I call it, yeah, it's a lifeline. It's, it's exactly lifeline. what it is. Mm-hmm. It's exactly what it is. And you have you have so many people in your life that you can reach out to. And the wonderful thing is because you really know your values, you've really honed in on what your boundaries are, you really know that being vulnerable means that you will open that lifeline. You have particular friends, particular family members that you know can be really tough with you, who can really stand up and say, okay, give it to me. I can manage whatever story you've got and let's sort through this together. And it's such a wonderful place where you're not, I think in the past, I always thought that vulnerability meant you were kind of dumping your problems on someone. Yeah, that's actually, a lot of people will think that. Yep. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And in my learnings over the years, because I haven't dumped on people, I've saved it and stored it all up inside. And we all know what effect that has on your gut and on your brain. Yes. And instead of saying, I don't know what I'm feeling. I don't know what to do. I don't know if this is an opportunity or not an opportunity. And I've, I've had few of three of those conversations just in the last week saying, is this something? Is this not something? Mm-hmm. Should I be worried about this? Um, are these red flags that I'm ignoring? Mm-hmm. And people will say, either being overtly asked or not asked, they'll say, is that okay? Are you all right with this? Like, what's going on here? Mm-hmm. And you think, oh, wait a minute. I'm making excuses. I'm ignoring. And you think, okay, that's where other people's boundaries are. And for me, with someone who has <laughs> a lot of newly formed boundaries, <laughs> Um, <laughs> my advanced age. <laughs> okay, advanced age. Okay, we're the same age. We're the same age. Well, you know, this is another thing where I think, you know, Marsha and other people like Marsha have had this figured out for so long, but it's still, and we had this conversation this morning, you're still working at them. It, it, you course. may have had it figured out that you had to have these values and these boundaries and these vulnerabilities figured out, but it doesn't mean that, oh, now you've got it figured out and you don't have to worry about revisiting it. Every single time something comes up, you're like, here we are again. Where, where's that list? And are these things checking back off against that list again? Mm-hmm. And who do I go to to say, am I interpreting this right based on what you know my, val- my values are and what my healthy boundaries should be? And you can say, no, 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 that doesn't resonate with me and you're telling me about it. How does that feel for you inside? Mm-hmm. I love that you shared this because I think this is really important. When you look at, I, I, I have been told this personally, that's easy for you because you're strong. And I'm like, no, it's easy. No, it's not. A, it's not easy. I don't even, if I give the impression that this stuff is easy, like shame on me because that's not how I communicate it. No. It's not easy. Um, that's your interpretation of it. It's not how I'm portraying it. Mm-hmm. A, it's not easy. And B, it's just sometimes it's it's such a challenge that it's like, like seriously, world, what are we doing? Like, why do we have more and more pile up? But as you say, there are times where it's like the universe just goes, okay, no, I'm pushing you in this direction and this is where it's going. So learning like boundaries are your, your highest form of self-respect and really coming from that space allows us to build even better relationships in our life with other people and build even like that better personal relationship with people who get us. Mm-hmm. And I know what it's like, cause I, I honestly was there to me, 
where I didn't have a circle. Like I just didn't have a circle because I had isolated myself. I did that. That's not someone else's fault. I did that. So that meant I had to do some kind of vulnerability in order to open the circle a little bit and say like, hello, is there anyone out there? (laughs) And then what's our response when you open up, Marsha? Oh my gosh, I can't believe you've been trying to navigate this self. Yeah. And you just kind of blink and go, well, who else is going to do it? I'm like, well, can you share it please? because we've got you and yeah. you may not know what your next steps will be, but we can listen and we can comfort and we can say that must be really, really tough. How, how can we, how can we help you? How can we take some of this from you and at least be an ear Mm-hmm. to say, okay, and then what did you do? And what do you think you should do next? And, you know, kind of step you through, like you've done with me so many times, what is your next step? What are you thinking you should do? Mm-hmm. And you're not telling someone else to do, you're, um, you're holding space for them to say, this is a safe space. What's really going on for you? What are those deepest struggles? And that's what a friend does. Mm-hmm. I, I hope you're, I hope as you're listening that you're hearing our, we're really just having a conversation and we certainly get are. to listen to it. Yeah. <laughs> but it's, I really want, I want to paint a picture for a second that you're listening to two women who are really, I'm going to say strong in their, like, like, um, what's the word? Definitely like attitude here to do big things, not afraid to face challenges, right? Not afraid to take that workload on and to take the big projects on, you know? So really in the exterior, sometimes looking like tough women who, yeah, we've got this. And then at the same time being honest and vulnerable that, yeah, we have those moments that it's like, I just don't, I don't know how to do this. So I think it's, we're giving you permission to say, it's okay to have days that you struggle. It's okay to feel like you're alone and then say, but what am I going to do with this next? Mm -hmm. I mean, it's the more I opened up to vulnerability, the more my circle grew, the better the relationships were, the better the connections were, the better the, the people were like, it just were drawn to you. Yeah. It, you literally drop off people that aren't meant to be there. Yeah. Right? You've seen that in your own life. I've definitely, yeah, I've definitely seen that. Yeah. Um, you know, things get a little messy or I make people feel really uncomfortable because I'm making decisions for me and I'm not making socially acceptable decisions. I'm not making decisions that would reflect well on other family members and friends. You know, how dare you have that opinion and make such a bold step with your life. Yes. But it's, you know, it's a sign, as you said, it's a sign of self-respect. Mm-hmm. And I think in those struggly times where you're taking a step back and you have those days, those are the days where the universe is saying, just get quiet for a minute. Just listen. It's, it's funny you said that because I felt myself yesterday and where I was like, okay, so this is the situation. I have to push more. I have to do more. I have to get more done. And then I literally felt myself stop and go, okay, stop, stop doing it this way. What if you just do more of the right things? What if that is like slow down? What if that is trust? What if that is, you know, and that's the whole, that's the whole surrender faith, all of that side 
is so important. And I'm sure it sounds, I mean, I even listen to it myself sometimes because I was just always of the mindset that just do more, just work harder. Yeah. yeah we both were. It, we both, like we yeah. both have that mindset yeah. that just do yeah. more, work harder, stay up all night, finish your work, hand it in. Like it's just, it's that mindset. So I guess I'm saying to people, if you're listening that you can still be that person, but that person isn't going to get you what you're trying to achieve in life. You need a little bit of both. Like you need a little bit of that yin and yang because yeah, yeah if, to sustain what we're doing. A little bit of grace and a little bit of hustle. Grace, grace and hustle. God, I love those words. I love those words. I mean, I love alignment. I love all of those things. Um, you are, I've watched you firsthand take all of these lessons and put them into your life and into practice in such a beautiful way. You are building a company right now that I'm watching. I've seen this company and idea start many years ago. Yeah. Right? That, that's not a criticism. Yeah. I've just seen yeah. it start many, many years yeah. ago. It's been an idea that you have had that you are now seeing come to life. Doesn't mean it doesn't have hiccups and not challenges, but this is what you're doing. Can you explain a little bit about what you're doing now? Sure. Um, I have three ideas. Marsha hasn't heard the third one. I can oh, explain I'm that. I'm excited one. to learn now. <laughs> yeah. The first idea we started um, a long time ago in the early 2000s, and I was bringing kinesiologists on board with me to work with an overflow of referrals. And I was training and training and training them, repeating myself, thinking, why am I repeating myself? So 10 years later, started a company called First Line Education, where we formalized the training program for kinesiologists and then realized that other movement therapists could also benefit from how to do an assessment, how to do functional testing, how to do a really high quality therapeutic exercise program how to actually start and run your own movement therapy business right from, in this case, we just launched a, an exam study prep course for registered kinesiologists, people who are leaving university and moving into the kinesiology world. But after that step, any movement therapist to join us to learn how to start your own movement therapy business, in this case, online yes. <laughs> and a little bit in person if, if that's your, if that's an option open to you. Mm -hmm. So we have this kind of long progression of courses. And then we had instructors, my, my, uh, some of my original kinesiology team is on board instructing the courses, which is a lot of fun. We've been together now for about 15 years wow. and yeah, which has been great. And then I realized there's space, there's space for more movement therapists to join us, to bring their own webinars, to bring their own courses to our platform. So we've got now just the early stages of bringing ideas to development and then to write out through to the offering stages. And that's been, that's been fun. And then the third idea is my blue ocean, big pie in the sky idea where I'm going to try to approach industry leaders who seem interested. Mm -hmm. There's this gap between how do we get a simple, straightforward message to the people that need to hear it to improve their health with well-trained movement, nutrition, sleep, wellness 
mindset coaches. Mm-hmm. How do we improve our coaching skills to bridge this divide between all of the people who are struggling with the top issues, heart disease, cancer, uh, chronic obstructive pulmonary disease, and diabetes. So how do we learn to listen very, very closely to talk about nutrition, mindset, activity, sleep, self-care, having values and boundaries around our lives that give us some perspective? There's a disconnect between the messaging, between all these health and wellness and fitness and movement professionals and the very people we're trying to help. Mm -hmm. So if we could line up some of the biggest industry leaders worldwide to say, why is there this divide? This divide has existed for how many years? There's no excuse for this divide. Mm -hmm. How do we craft a message of love, of self-care, of self-respect to say, help us bring these messages of wellness to you in such a way that it resonates so deeply mm-hmm. that you are able to care from your, for yourself from whatever perspective you're starting with. And it might be a five-minute meditation to get quiet with yourself. It might be going out for a walk. It might be putting on your favorite dance music. It might be picking up your dog's leash. It might be making yourself um, a very, very simple meal And it might be learning to stop working and stop pushing your heart so hard and maybe turning out the light at 9 or 9.30 at night and enjoying those first few hours of deep sleep so that if you still are struggling with sleep (laughs) and waking up at 4 or 4.30 in the morning going, come on, um, you know. Something's on the still. Not at all, no. Um, but you've gone to bed at 9 o'clock or 9.30. So, you know, you, you're front-loading your sleep in a different way and looking at yourself from a different perspective saying, okay, I don't sleep well in the early morning hours, so I'm going to sleep well in, in, the, in the evening hours. How do we normalize all of these messages to say, you're all okay? You don't have to be training for something. You don't have to be dropping into... Um, a heavy vinyasa practice for 90 minutes, four times a week to actually be fit and healthy. I love that. So this is what I'm just crafting. And the people that I've just started to pitch it through, pitch it to have said, I'm interested, tell me more. And I'm thinking, oh yeah, this is fun. (laughs) (laughs) I, I think that you will always, always have ideas. I've seen you, you just like, they, it's just, they pop, they pop, they pop, which is awesome. And I think that with your values, with your boundaries, now you can look at some ideas and go, "Hmm, not this one or this one. I love like this one brings me joy. This one excites me. Mm -hmm. When I'm working with coaching clients, one of the first things they say is, I don't know where to start. I'm like, well, which one do you like? Like which idea you don't have to place all of it. Like it's not a case of, because in fact, I, I always think of the saying, if I, if I'm chasing like four rabbits in the yard, I catch none. I can't yes. right? Yes. So where can we start? And it's like, what brings you joy and what lights you up? Mm-hmm. I love that idea because there's so, you have, you have a lot of background yourself and what did you take? Is it holistic nutrition? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. And I just know like that, I remember learning all different kinds of things from you during that time. Mm-hmm. And it's just a case of really looking at like, what does health mean and what does, yes. what does like wellness mean? And mm-hmm allowing ourselves to listen to what our body needs 
mm-hmm. really, really helps. Like, I mean, I'm, I'm, I swing both sides because I did yoga for years, probably too much, to be honest. I probably did the, really? I was vinyasa. I can't imagine. No, I know. It's so weird. <laughs> it's so weird to imagine me. If I could do this hundred percent, I could do it 110%. Come on. <laughs> Yeah, you guys are getting more and more insight into me. Um, yeah, I definitely, I definitely did way too much, and I became overflexible, unstable. There's just no hit against yoga. It was totally me, all me. I didn't need to do it the way I was doing it. Mm-hmm. I needed to do some more restorative, and it's always been hard for me to understand that restorative work is actually beneficial. It's the most beneficial. So I was going to say, could you talk a little bit about restorative? What does restorative work mean and how is it the most beneficial? So when we think about restorative, you talk about this a lot. You talk about filling your cup and you talk about filling your cup first so that you have overflow and that overflow can be directed to the people in your life. And that may also be yourself Mm -hmm. um, that need a little extra. So this was recently pointed out to me by someone new that I've, I've started working with who said, you've got no space, Angela, there's no space yeah. and you need to create your own space, your own boundaries of time um, so that you can put into place this restorative practice. So this restorative practice for me on the weekend, for example, um, my, my family, my, my, um, my partner's family, we were all at their cottage and I visibly am working, but I'm chatting with them at the same time. And then occasionally I'll, I'll go off into the screen porch or my bedroom or curl up in a corner of a sofa with a laptop and work for a little while, but then I'll put it away and I'm on so that they're not seeing that I'm constantly thinking about work. So in terms of restoration, It was a walk that we always used to do with their dog before their dog passed away. So this was the first time we did that walk together with the dog. dog. Oh, those are. It was lovely. We all went together, and remember, she'd do this, and we'd have to stop here. And so we did that. Um, We um, did a walk walk through a sculpture garden. Mm -hmm. We um, kayaked. We swam. Nice. We all sat around in the living room reading books. Um, so restoration for me is, is creating space and allowing yourself to get quiet. And then you look up and around at all the people that are really filling your cup, but they're not doing anything. They're just there. Oh, that's so beautiful. It was, it was so, it was so lovely. So then thinking about, I can sleep here. I can walk. I can put yoga down between the twin beds that we use in our bedroom. And I've got this small spot to do 15 minutes while I look out at the lake. Mm. Uh, I can go into the water and just float on my back and just close my eyes. And I can lie on the dock in the sunshine. So I was thinking of all of these things that I can do, I was there for a week because I needed space and I needed to fill my cup. And I thought to myself, what is something I can do every day that will create that space for me? And then I was speaking to people who were saying, where are you? Are you at the cottage? You sound different. And I think, oh, "Oh, that's interesting, right? They could tell Mm -hmm. I was speaking more slowly. I had more I wasn't interrupting them when I was speaking with them. I allowed them to actually finish sentences and their ideas before I railroaded over them with one of my own. Railroaded. (laughs) 
And uh, yeah, I'm just watching myself going, isn't this interesting? So you, um, I love how you're saying this because that, I mean, I can hear it in your voice and it actually like, so restorative space is actually changing your state. Yes. Like it ends up changing your state in the big Mm -hmm. picture. So I guess if we look at it this way, if we change our state, do we make different decisions? Do we make them from a different place? Do we come out of the fight or flight, right? Like, do we come out of that space to really understand how powerful restorative work is? Absolutely, we do. I think we create space through um, sleep that restores us, sleep that actually clears the brain of all the stuff. Yeah. And that happens physiologically as well as emotionally. So sleep is probably one of the biggest things to look after. And that means naps. I and that love means, naps. Yes. <laughs> I love naps. naps. <laughs> right? We, we used to talk about that all the time. I do. I could do a 20-minute nap, I bet yep. you, every day. Yeah. Yep. yep. That powering down gives you perspective. It actually allows your brain to assimilate a lot of messages that have been going through every day, all day. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, purposely putting on your favorite song or listening to a friendly voice through a podcast who has messages that you need to hear. Mm-hmm. Going back to favorite episodes of something. Um, watching YouTube videos that make you laugh, watching a movie, Marsha, that you love. Mm-hmm. Um, all of these things that just give back to you playing with an animal, <laughs> like your lovely pup, right? Yep. So all of these things give you five, 30, 60 minutes of a, of a break. Going out, I'll go out, I'll take my bike out and I'll blow around the neighborhood, it might, I might be out for 10 or 15 minutes, but all of a sudden the wind rushing by my face and really pushing and pulling through the pedals and on the handlebars, um, is, it's really a, a way of, again, just changing the, the energy flow. Mm-hmm. And so restorative doesn't necessarily mean a nap. It doesn't necessarily mean a good sleep. It could mean you know, a dance with your dog. It could mean a bike ride in the neighborhood. It could mean a float on your back in a, in a lake. So any of those things that just create a pause for you and however that looks, a phone call. A phone call. I, I love how you're saying this. And I think it's really important for everyone um, to know, you know, you can come from a space where yes, you can work hard. Yes. You can be like a businesswoman. You can be an entrepreneur. You can do these things. And also knowing that it's okay and it's actually required to have that restorative space in order to fill your own cup, to be able to maintain what you're doing. Mm-hmm. I just think it's a beautiful message. And I can say firsthand, I've seen you physically, physiologically change from it. I have. Yeah. Right. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so I'm still learning. To, I'm going to be completely transparent. No, learning. you're not still learning. You know how to do it exactly. It's just, sometimes I know how to do it, but it's like still just making decisions and doing it and allowing mm-hmm. myself that space. Um, yeah. So I, I love that. Anyways, I just love that. And I think that for everyone who is listening, that restorative space is very powerful. Can you explain what happens to our cortisol levels when we 
get into that restorative space so people can understand and how we typically run our cortisol levels. Yeah. So we know that we have this autonomic nervous system, which is, has two parts to it. So we have a parasympathetic and a sympathetic part. Mm-hmm. The sympathetic is the flight, flight or freeze. And the parasympathetic is the rest and digest. We, we need to alternate between the two. You can't always, even as much as we would love to, sit and rest and digest all the time. But the problems with our lives is that we sit too often in that sympathetic system. So we're always in that flight, fright, or freeze. And when you are procrastinating, that's a freeze. When you are um, in um, controversy with someone else, that could be freeze, a decision that needs to be made that's not being made. It could be flight. When there's controversy, you run, you, you go into another room, you leave the house. It could be um, fight where you are saying, let's go, let's get this out right now. And it could be that you're fighting with an idea. You're fighting with a project. It doesn't have to be another person. So all of these situations where it could be personal, it could be professional, where you're in this heightened state. And then if you add personal and professional and mush it all together, imagine what your state is like. Messy. So it's, it's really messy. <laughs> so your cortisol levels, your stress hormone levels are very, very high. Cortisol naturally has a beautiful flow through our bodies every day, all day. It's meant to be there. It is what actually wakes us up in the morning, and it is actually what allows us to fall asleep at night. So it rises in the early morning hours to wake us up. It drops naturally in the early afternoon because maybe we need to close our eyes or have a little bit of downtime. And it rises again. A lot of people find that they like exercising before dinner or they need a little more energy to actually greet their family at the end of the day and make dinner and sort of get kids to bed. And then cortisol level drops off again in order for us to go to sleep. When you look at the cortisol wave, you can see that it's highest in the morning and it slowly tapers toward the end of the day, which makes sense. Um, We need to put our attention into the most important, toughest tasks at the beginning of the day. That's just how we are physiologically designed. And then we need to allow our bodies to have periodic rests to let the cortisol levels drop towards the end of the day. So if we're we're on computers and if we're on screens and if we're in challenging conversations late at night, the cortisol level doesn't have a chance to drop. We're requiring cortisol. Cortisol also is used as a fuel for the brain. So when the body doesn't have enough glucose, cortisol breaks down and says, hey, it's okay. I'll supply you with an extra source of fuel. It's not an ideal source of fuel. Mm. So we have all of these reservoirs that we can tap into for the body, but that doesn't mean it's ideal. Mm -hmm. We need to follow our body's energy and be mindful and aware of our body's energy so that we are alternating between the sympathetic nervous system states where we, we do need to be up, we do need to be on, but then we follow it by ideally a good amount of time, usually more time than we were in that sympathetic state, 
to allow our bodies to get into that that parasympathetic state, the rest and digest state. So we eat a meal and we're not expected to go out and exercise right away. We need to rest. We need to allow digestion to happen. Mm -hmm. The sympathetic system was involved in the preparation of it. Um, But the resting and digesting is actually sitting with others or sitting with a book or sitting with a relaxing television show or with animals and and eating. Mm -hmm. So becoming aware of our flow state, becoming aware of our energy levels and working with the natural ebb and flow of cortisol and the natural ebb and flow of sympathetic and parasympathetic is something we need to really honor. And so sleep responds to that system our relationships with others respond to that system, our productivity levels respond to that system, and our desire to be active and energized responds to that system as well. And those are the things that are going to maintain the strength of our immune system. There's there's so much value and content in what you just shared. So thank you for doing that because I know I took away a number of things as well, but I just really appreciate you explaining the power of that restorative state and what that can do for our bodies. And I almost, I, I mean, I think that if we have, we are building these businesses and we are building big, big visions, then we have to be even more aware of that restorative state and what do we need and how do we complement because we can't live in this high heightened state all the time. We've tried for lots of years. Oh yes. We've tried. (laughs) We've given it a really good effort, (laughs) (laughs) but we can. And I, I hope that relates to somebody who's listening because that's how you can sustain. That's how you can go. But it really starts with listening to what you need in order to be that version in order to be in that space. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Thank you so much for sharing that. Oh, I welcome. want, where is the best place to find you, connect with you, follow you? Where do you hang out the most? I am trying to hang out more on Instagram. You'll find yeah. me at uh, Angela um, Herrera underscore yeah, okay. yeah. FLE. Mm-hmm. And uh, you can find more information about me and our instructors and our platform. If you have something that you're curious about bringing to our platform, you'd be more than welcome to connect with me. And that's at firstlineeducation.com. Mm-hmm. And then you can find me on Facebook as well under Angela Pereira and also Firstline Education. Yeah, you're building a very big platform. And I know with that comes social media and comes all of the things and the responsibilities. So hence more important, right? More important, yes. definitely, that you yes. do what you do. You practice you. You walk your walk. I know you do. It doesn't mean you don't struggle, but I know you walk your walk. And I have learned a lot of that from you of how to allow more downtime restorative and listen to what the answers are. So there, I've learned too. Um, <laughs> Kit, let me ask you two more questions. What sure. impact do you want to have in the world? My new business coach just asked me that. And he said, what do you want to do? What's your vision? And I said, how big can I go? Mm-hmm. And he said, no, no, no. If there was no limitations, what would you do? And I said, I would like to develop one of the world's biggest wellness platforms where you could, through very, very intuitive coaching, match people who are ill, people who are less than healthy, people who 
want to bring something more to their lives, match them with a point of entry, whether it's someone whose background is nutrition, fitness, mental wellness, whatever that happened to be, personal health and wellness coaching, how do we match those people with someone who really resonates with them and then say, let us help you become your best self. Let us take away all the barriers, talk with you about tapping into that flow state where you just feel like you could do something and the time just goes and you don't even realize it. Mm-hmm. And all of a sudden you realize I'm really feeling a lot better mm-hmm. in all areas of my life. So I want to puzzle this through with a number of people to say, I think we can make this happen and let's stop the disconnect because it's just not serving anybody. And ultimately the people who really need to hear from people who were talking about life coaching and wellness coaching and movement coaching, how do we get out of our own way and really learn to listen carefully? If there's anybody that I know that will build it, it will be you. It 100% (laughs) will be you. I love that. I love that vision and I love that impact. I think it's a huge impact. Um, I just love it. I am so grateful for you being here today. I know you're busy. I know we've got lots of stuff going on, but I know you've shared tons, (laughs) always tons and tons of value for everyone. And we went from the, you know, the um, values, boundaries, personal side, right into some scientific stuff, which I love because I know that's your, that's your jam too. So you offer tons and tons of content, content for people today. So I appreciate you for doing that. Thanks very much. It was a lot of fun to chat with you again. And you know, you and I can chat for hours and hours and cover oh. If I, don't, yeah, if I don't keep a clock nearby, I have no idea <laughs> where it goes. Yeah. You don't realize people don't realize we've actually re- like we've tried to record this a few times and ended up being just a chat and went, I will have to reschedule again. <laughs> Can I reschedule? Yeah. It's all good. It's all good. Lifelong friends. It's all good. I have one more question for you. Sure. What lesson in life are you most grateful for? Hmm. The biggest lesson that I'm most grateful for is that Rome wasn't built in a day. Everything takes time. And to use the word I used before, it takes a bit of grace. It takes a little bit of distance, takes a little bit of a step back to say, stop pushing. If you stop pushing, you can listen. Mm -hmm. And the universe, the power that be, will make things clear if you can just settle and and get quiet. I have goosebumps and I love that lesson. And I know that you learned that firsthand. Like I know you personally learned it's, this is the thing is that sometimes you hear things and you think, okay, well, that sounds really good. But when you talk to somebody who actually learned their lessons and that's what what they've embodied and who they are now, that's why it hits home. That's why they live that way because they learned too. And you absolutely did. So I love, I love that. I love that you said grace and stop pushing, stop pushing and allow the right things to come into place. Mm -hmm. Absolutely loved having you here. This is a really super special episode for me. So thank you so much for being here, Angela. Thanks so much. It was great to speak with you today. It's awesome.
Thank you so much for tuning in to the Own Your Choices, Own Your Life podcast. If you love this episode, please submit a rating and review on iTunes and please share it with someone you think could benefit from hearing this message or this podcast. I love connecting and meeting you. So please screenshot the episode and tag me on social media or Instagram stories at Marsha Van W. And until next time, remember when you own your choices, you truly own your life.